Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, and anything else that comes available. We're there. And, um, you know, all the rage this week, Mike, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell some jokes. So if, uh, I would really appreciate it if you don't come across here and smack me right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So I'm going to tell some real estate jokes, and, you know, I just I just don't want to get smacked, you know? Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to be that bad, you know? Oh, so, man. boy, what a what – a, so it's been an interesting week in real estate because I think every real estate agent, company, and mortgage lender has put out Will Smith, Chris memes. Rock memes. Yes, you know? they're everywhere. And, and it is going to be, like, the conversation point for, for a really long time. Yes. So. There's no doubt that uh, that it's a polarizing topic, but uh, but but yeah, it it definitely shook up the entertainment world and and you know truthfully the, the real estate world. It was it was pretty humorous to see some of them, and you know it's it's a tough situation. Um, you know I'm hopeful they'll um, you know they'll they'll make amends and you know go raise some money for charity. You know people make for mistakes, sure. people are human. I think a lot of times we put celebrities or famous people or people of notoriety up on this huge pedestal, you know, of expectation, but they're human. You know, and and so um, I think there was mistakes on both sides, you know, like having worked with um, celebrities, you know, I, I and, you know, in, in the past in real estate um, and then learning some of the kind of inner workings of stuff um, that very easily could have been, um, you know, notified like so so chris could have said something and said hey look i'm gonna do this right like are you cool with it you know like i've heard even like certain you know musical artists that if they're gonna mention someone else's name in a song they'll be like hey are you okay with this so there there could have been a lot done differently i'm sure there are regrets on both sides and and certainly uh it didn't uh there were a lot of people that that um you know that probably changed their opinions about people after it and and so um you know but nonetheless it's um it's got us all talking so it's it's marketing so i think what i'm going to do this week i'm just going to go up and show up at all my real estate competitors office i'm just going to go up and smack them slap them you know yeah. figure get me in the news you know figure free advertising you know we're giving both those guys and the oscars a lot of free advertising this well, week well so. i have read a lot of things and i've seen a couple of different people post that if they didn't know about the will smith chris rock thing they wouldn't even know the oscars happened right Yeah. Like, because that, yeah, they, they, they wouldn't watch fall yeah. out of grace these reward yeah. shows and yeah. what a great way to bring it back in and so who knows I, was it staged? Who knows? There are people that believe that. There's all yes. kinds of conspiracy theories. It looked very like, real to me. <laughs> it looked real, but then you see some still shots of, you know, rock bracing yes. and Will laughing after it and then his speech. You know, so again, there's all, just like with anything today, there's conspiracy theories about sure. about all of it. So, so again, it it is what it is, but, uh, but no, I'm really not going to go around. I don't advocate violence. I'm not going yes. to violently attack any of my... Uh, my realtor colleagues, but uh, but but again, it would certainly uh, it would certainly hit the news. That's for sure. So so again, um, talking about real estate, um, you know, red flags. There are ten major red flags. An article talked about this week, and I thought it would be cool to go through each of each one of them and to, and help home buyers that are out looking at homes. Because look, the market's super competitive. You're going to be in a bidding war situation in a lot of scenarios, right? Um, and and you're going to be up against other buyers, and you've got to make really quick decisions. Yes. And you you know so you've got to make these really quick decisions, and there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of inventory. So you know how do you weed through all these houses? So one major red flag 
uh, too much scent. Okay, so if 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 you walk into a house and it smells like you know, it smells like the Yankee Candle Company. They've got candles and air fresheners everywhere. They may be trying to cover up something. Yeah, and it's it, it's funny this, that this is the first one because I, I'm like a big candle guy, right? I always have a candle burning in my house, and I love the different scents and everything. But you're absolutely right. Too much of it can be there, and it can be that they're trying to hide something or mask something up and everything else. So when you're showing your house, you shouldn't have too many scents yeah. you know, going. Yeah, poor tile work yes. is another one. You know, Tile work that's trying to cover up uh, – you know, structural issues or settlement or tile that's over over wood or over another tile job. Um, you know, so so again, if you see a lot of really poor tile work, that's usually a sign that the renovator did other things poorly. Um, because if you can see it, it, it probably is a sign of right. Other or bad it things. wasn't done by a professional. It was a DIY yeah. that right. didn't you know right. thought they could save money and didn't exactly. do it the right way, and it, it could cause many issues. Third one is foundation issues. Now, look in Florida, you're going to have settlement cracks and stucco. Okay, like it's just right. every house has it. We settle here. We're on sand, right. yeah. you know, yeah. like so. So you're going to have settlement. The, the, the biggest issue is whether or not that settlement is considered normal settlement or whether it's structural. How big a gap in those little, you know, kind of zigzag stucco cracks there are. Um, and then, of course, if it's a frame home, you know, settling underneath, looking at all those things, structural problems are definitely a red flag. Uh, deferred maintenance, you know, so if someone isn't changing the air filter, if there are signs that, you know, leaks haven't been repaired cosmetically or, um, you know, just, just, again, if you walk through the house and see things that are wrong, it's usually a sign that stuff behind the walls is probably wrong too. Um, red flag number five, um, nearby standing water. Okay. So again, that could mean that there's drainage or flood problems at the house that when it rains, it's, it's problematic. So look for standing water, especially becomes even more of a concern if it hasn't rained for a while and you see standing water, right, that means sure. it's a really big drainage problem. Um, red flag number six, they called it wonky windows. Okay. But these are like the jealousy windows, you know, these older style windows that can be very charming, but can also be very expensive yep. and, and very challenging, but also poor install jobs. People, you know, where the windows are crooked, where, you know, they tried to replace a window themselves and they did a crooked job. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be like, you know, a, a muscle man to be able to open or shut it. Right. Yeah. They're, they're just not set. Right. So, so I'm going to tell you like, I, this is back in, gosh, before I I was in real estate, so I would say like 2003, 2004, um, I had a um, window get knocked out by a baseball, okay? And it was a neighbor kid. He was nice and came over, and the the neighbor said, hey, I'll take care of it, you know? And and so I went and got a quote, um, you know, and, and they told me what it was. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and do this myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nightmare. <laughs> so I can tell you, uh, don't try and do window jobs yourself. Yes. Uh, mold is another one. Well, and number one was the scent thing. Sometimes the scent thing is trying to, to cover, cover up, up mold. mold. Yes. You know, so the smell of mold, a mildew smell. And then, of course, the black mold, looking right. for signs of mold, you know, yes. which is discoloration in wood, discoloration in stucco. Um, you know, a, there are a lot of telltale signs for mold. Um, but certainly that's something that, um, you know, that, that is, is out there. You know, it's interesting on the mold topic and, and I ran across this not long ago and it was really kind of crazy. Um, but it was a house that had Chinese drywall. Do you remember Chinese yeah, drywall back in the day? Yeah, that was all the rage. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. And it, it, it you know, the house itself, um, we, we got contacted by the owners to price out the house and the, the value on tax rolls plummeted. 
um, back like you know many years ago, right? And then it started escalating and rising. Come to find out, these people uh, turned it into their insurance, got some huge settlement, but never fixed it. Oh my goodness! Still the Chinese drywall in the house. Oh my like, goodness! Yeah, so absolutely, uh, still, still out there. Not, not super common, I would expect by now. But right, yeah, you don't um, see much of it. R- red bug number eight: water damage. You know, if you see water stains on the side of the house, if you see water stains in the house itself. Um, any kind of damage from water usually means that there could be mold or other issues still present that haven't been repaired. Uh, cosmetic enhancements. Sometimes cosmetic enhancements are covering things, you know, and that, that's kind of what they're, they're triggering here. But again, keep in mind, most houses have cosmetic enhancements. Yes. If a house has cosmetic enhancements. Doesn't to mean. To me, it's not really a red flag. Right. That, that one kind of doesn't yeah, make sense Yeah, right. A lot of people um, are going to, you know, spruce it up right yeah. before they get ready to sell. So there may be fresh. Improper ventilation. So vent fans that don't work or rooms that don't have an AC, um, you know, vent. Um, you know, those types of things are just rooms where it seems like one room is hotter than another room. Um, you know, those can be improper ventilation things. Those could lead to, you know, air conditioning or heating problems. Probably not really heating problems right. here. Yeah, not that I mean, it, you know, I can't say it never happens, happens but, but definitely air conditioning uh, issues can be, um, you know, problematic. So a couple of other red flags that, that, um, that I think uh, you can pay attention to. If a house is turned over a lot. You know, so, so for example, let's say that you bought it. It's owned by three. It's been owned by three people in the last two years. Yeah. And, and we're talking like individual owners. There's a problem there. Right. Why are people moving from this house so often? Um, another red flag for me is a house that sits in front of a stop sign. So you have a stop sign and the house is in front of the intersection where the stop sign is. Have owned those homes. And guess what? People crash into them. Yeah. Okay? So if you're right in front of a stop sign. So like, in other words, like. Uh, what I mean is like at a 90 degree angle, like sure. you're the house that's after the, the stop, stop sign. sign yeah. Okay. That's a problem. Yeah. And, and unfortunately it's a problem, you know, drunk drivers, things like that. So, so that, that's a red flag. Another red flag for me relates to the neighborhood. Um, it's why I always tell people like, look, everyone wants something different in their neighborhood, right? Like, and, and what a neighborhood looks like at 10 o'clock on a Thursday is completely different than what it looks like Friday night at 10 o'clock when everyone's lit, right? You know, like with that, you know, it's, it's completely (laughs) different. Okay. So I would, I would strongly encourage you to drive through a neighborhood that you're thinking about buying in a few times. You yeah. narrow your neighborhood list down and go through the neighborhoods and drive through at night. Maybe even talk to a few of the neighbors out walking on the street to get a vibe for the neighborhood. Because what you might perceive is the vibe of a neighborhood may be completely different. Maybe you want it lit on Friday night, and that's fine. Maybe you don't. But but whatever you want in the neighborhood, a lot of times your drive through a neighborhood during a regular time frame can be deceiving. Yeah, one tip I heard one time too is as as you narrow down your neighborhoods too is go at a couple different times. But you know, park your car and walk through the neighborhood. You yeah, tend to no see doubt. more than just driving through. Yeah, you hear some of the noises. You hear some things going on at different times. And and you know, of course, make sure you're in a safe place. But you know, assume you're looking in a safe neighborhood. You're walking through. You get to see a little bit more than you do if you're just driving through. Even if you're driving slow. Um, there nothing beats, you know, if you have a dog or, you know, whatever, take your dog for a walk and yeah, a chance to see. No one, doubt so. about it. I, I think that's a big one, walking through a neighborhood and walking through it at kind of at different times. Yeah. You know, like right. um, the last thing that I think is a red flag is um, your, your commute time. 
your belief that the commute time Monday morning at 8 a.m. is going to be the same Saturday afternoon at one o'clock. It's not. not right. So you, so you need to that it's a red flag if you feel like, oh, wow, this is super close to my office. This is this is going to be really, really easy. Um, no, not if. Uh, you're looking at the commute time at a time that you're not actually going to be commuting. Yes. So I think it's it's super important to uh, you know to track that, and pay attention to it. So we're going to talk about bidding war mistakes. Look, it's the market right now. There's a lot of bidding wars. After the break, we're going to talk about seven bidding war mistakes that the buyers are making in droves, and we're also going to talk after that. We're going to talk about bidding war mistakes that sellers are making. So we're going to continue this conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about bidding war mistakes. We're going to start start first with buyers. Okay. Um, now look, we're in a market today where a lot of the home sales are bidding wars. Um, it's just the the market of today. You've got Whole, a lot of competition. You've got less than a half month of inventory. Mike. That's We're crazy. At 0.5 months of inventory, record low inventory. And I think several months in a row now, we're at 101% uh, plus uh, list to sell price ratio, meaning that on average, every house gets a bidding more above asking price. On average. Okay. So um, that's not every house, but mistake number one is bidding every last penny you have. If the most you can qualify for is 400 and you're bidding 400 and you're maxing it out, Mike, they could be setting themselves up for financial failure. Yeah, that can be a huge mistake. Um, and, and so you got to be careful. You you got to you got to plan for contingencies in there and extra expenses that are going to come for from all the things of, of moving in there. And you don't want to pledge or, or sign a contract or bid every last penny you have. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people, you know, then they end up regretting a decision they make. And sometimes once you're under contract, it's too, too late, late. Or you're, you're going to lose your escrow. Right. You're going to lose escrow and you're risking things. Another mistake. Bidding with too many contingencies. Yes. OK, so like if you're like, you know, you got a house to sell, you want to inspect, you want to do this. You want the seller to jump through a bunch of hoops. You want their firstborn kid. Forget about it. Okay. Like this is not the market for that. Truthfully, there are so many situations where people are waiving financing contingency, waiving inspection contingencies. And look, the reality is, is you have to be aggressive today to win because that's just the the moral of the story right now. So after it happens, don't come back and like blame your realtor and be mad at your realtor. They educated you. They told you what you needed to do to be competitive today. Way too many people today are having like, you know, they, they after the fact, play an armchair quarterback. Why I shouldn't have done that? You know, well, you wouldn't have got the house without it because there was 27 offers, bro. Like seriously, like get, get over it. So, but Bidding with too many contingencies, you're not going to get the house. You're going to spin spin your wheels over and over and over again. Yeah, and just as a side note, if you have a brat kid, you can't offer your kid. That that was a joke. That, that I know. And, and, I know. And, yeah, it was a joke. Don't slap me. Don't slap me. Don't slap me. It's a joke, be, people. Be in there, so, but I know there's times I would have offered. Yeah. You know, I feel like I would have offered one of my children. So bidding with no contingencies, yeah, okay? So, that. so that's a risk because then what happens if you do find something wrong with the house or you do change your mind, then you're losing your escrow. So there's a fine line between getting the deal and, and knowing your risk tolerance. Now, look, I buy houses all the time with no contingencies. Okay. All the time. Okay. But I can walk through a house. I can know what I'm getting into. I know what my rehab budget is going to be. I've, I've sold $3 billion in real estate. Right. I see more than you do. Okay. And, and I can take the risk financially. I can recover from that risk right. because that's where I am today. You might do that and you can't recover from that risk. So know your risk tolerance on the contingencies. How much escrow can you risk? Like I've I've done it before and I've said, you know what, if I find something glaring, 
then I lose my escrow. Right. You know? And I've done it before. I, I've, I've canceled a deal and lost escrow before because the thing that I found, and I know that that's the gamble that you take when you're when you're buying real estate sometimes. So, so it's a fine line between no contingencies and too many. And you've got to find what you're comfortable with. Maybe you're an investor. Maybe you buy a lot of real estate like me and you can buy with no contingencies. But the, the regular homeowner that's getting financing, is it's, it's risky. But it might be what you have to do to beat out somebody that's got cash today. It's just the reality of it. Another one is assuming you'll get a second chance. Now, a lot of homes go bidding wars and multiple offer. There are also plenty of them where the seller says, you know what? I, I'm happy with this one and I'm going to take it before they even go back yes. to the bidding war, okay? Or they're afraid because there's one offer that stands out so much that if they go to highest and best, they'll lose those people and then be stuck with a bunch of lower offers. So you you may not get a second chance, okay? So, um, you know, I, I'm a believer that, you know, you put your best foot forward, you make the best offer you can and hope that they'll take it. And if not, then then you've got to deal with it. But you may not, you, There's there's no requirement that the seller does anything. Okay. And it's not the realtor. Like it happens all the time. People are like, why didn't you decide to do highest and best? Well, first off, I didn't decide anything. Okay. Right. It's the seller's choice. They direct me. I give advice. You know, you know, I choose, I go the path that they choose. So I didn't choose anything. They said they wanted to take an offer and it's their choice. It's their house. Get over it. But, but again, too many real estate agents get emotional and been out of shape because there's 25 offers on a house and they're tired of getting rejected. So they want to blame somebody instead of blaming them or their client for not making a better offer. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of what this means too is you don't want to offer below what you really are willing to pay, thinking you're just going to get the negotiation started, yeah. right? Because with so many offers out there, you'll just get you'll just yep. get lost right away. Yep. And a lot of people that used to be you know a tactic a lot of people would use yeah. in a different market. Using the term best and final offer, yeah, uh, it's a bad <laughs> idea. It's a passive aggressive move that frankly is going to have people look at it and be like, okay, so you're telling me you wouldn't have changed one minor thing in your contract, right? Don't 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 do it. Like just just don't do it. Like you're not strong arming anyone as a buyer lose the ego okay you're not strong arming anybody in this market using an escalation clause now look we use them a lot but they're starting to get to the point where they're overused and right. then sellers are looking at it being like okay these people say they'll go up to 240 but we've got a 235 right now like so so it can backfire in some situations it's the right thing in others it's not a lot of times we're telling people look if you're willing to go up to 240 just do, do 240 yeah you know so um, you know, all you're really doing is unfortunately causing confusion sometimes for the agent and the client to navigate through all these offers. Okay. Sometimes they're not good at it. Okay. And then not knowing a home's true value is another mistake that buyers make because they overpay or under offer, you know, so knowing the market, knowing the trends, super important. So we're going to be back. We're going to talk about bidding war mistakes that sellers make. We're going to do that after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Andrew Duncan at the Duncan Duo. Anytime we aren't on air, follow us on all of our socials. We put out cool video content. You see me in a suit too. Man, I look good in a suit. You know? <laughs> it took a, you know, there's a long time where I spent where I was like, man, I'm just tired of wearing suits and I didn't. And now I'm back You're in the back. suit again on social media. Yeah, where I need to be, I guess. You know, but there's times when I'm going to wear shorts and a t-shirt too, and I'm still the same dude giving you great knowledge and information. So well, I'm glad you're going to get. You're going to see both. You're going to see luxury Andrew, and then you're going to see like chill Andrew. Well, so. I'm glad to see you're you're doing a lot of your spots and your commercials now. When at least it's a little bit cooler and it's not July and exactly. August. Exactly, right? that was brutal. Be, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it can, it can be tough. So, so but, let's talk um, about yeah. bidding wars that home sellers make. Okay, so so um, you know, number one. 
taking an offer too soon. Sure. Okay. Now, again, it's still the seller's choice, but a lot of times they leave money on the table or they leave terms on the table. Okay. So, so taking an offer too soon, um, you know, can can definitely be a mistake. A mistake. Um, another bidding war mistake is limiting when people can see the house. Okay. Every you know, in, in a market as hot as today. You want as many offers as you can. The more offers you got, the higher you can drive the price, and the more likely one of those people is to, you know, exceed what you think you could get. Right. But you can't do that if they ch- lose their interest or change their mind if they can't get into it for a second time or they can't get their spouse there. Or they can't, you know, whatever. So be as available as you can with access. It's probably not going to be very long that you're going to have to be inconvenienced. Right. But just during that period of time, just be as available as you can and don't turn down showings. I tell people like right now, if they listen to us on price and they hire us. We're going to list it. Just keep going to town for a couple of days. Like, yeah. Let us just have full reign, and then you're going to be done. It's going to be over. You're going to rip the Band-Aid off, and, and it's going to be over. Another uh, mistake that sellers make is looking only at the dollar amount. Okay, So let's say you have a $300,000 offer that's closing in 90 days and a two ninety five that's closing in a week. Two ninety five closing in a week financially is for a lot of people, a better offer. Right, for so, sure. So don't just look at price, look at terms, and do math, okay? Yeah. Um, factor in, you know, who's paying closing costs on this one? Are they paying the title insurance or am I paying the title insurance? Um, and then, and then you know, we kind of compare apples to apples when you're when you're looking at the offers. Another thing is look at the terms. Are they allowing you to stay in the home and post-occupy it so you can find another property? Are they willing to, to close at a date that you want to close so that you can move and handle what you want to move? So, so look at the terms of the offer. And I think another thing is, um, and again, we make a lot of cash offers. I make a lot of cash offers. We have a lot of cash offer clients. But sometimes ask yourself, you know, do do I maybe want um, this particular homeowner that I've met to occupy the property versus someone else because I like them more? The, there are a lot of hedge funds making offers on houses, and that's always going to be there. But for some people, they have a care about who they put in the neighborhood, who's going to sure. survive them yes. after they leave. And so, so, you know, sometimes learning that information and finding that information out can can be impactful for people. So it's not just about the bottom line. I made a post this uh, past week on Facebook. Over 2,000 shares on Facebook now. I saw it, yeah. Over 2,000 shares, hundreds of likes, and it basically was a photo of a few soldiers with um, you know machine guns jumping off a helicopter, and it said, um, you know, basically, don't turn down my offer because I'm using a VA loan. This is my down payment. Right. Okay? So me personally, that matters. Okay, but again, it's the seller's choice. I'm going to give them the best advice that I can, and I'm going to tell them the pros and the cons. But sometimes maybe that matters, and to me, it does. Like if if I personally own a property and I have two offers, one's a VA loan, one's a regular loan, I'm I'm going to go with the VA loan because I'm I'm pro military. I'm you know born raised in a military family. Every man in my family started military except me, (laughs) so I'm like the outlier. But but nonetheless. Uh, that's going to matter to me. So, so look at those things. Pay attention to those things, and also understand the differences between the different loan products. Okay, yep. 
far too often it's like, oh, well, they're alone and they're alone. Yeah, but they're this type alone and they're this type alone. Get your realtor to explain to you the pros and cons of the different loan products when you have to compare and contrast two offers. Don't just go with one because you think it's the best. You may be making a mistake. So, so yeah, me personally, I, I love VA loans. I think they're, you know, again, I think in our area, maybe not in others, but I think in our area, they're they're an incredible product. And, and I think, you know, when I can, I'm going to lean towards that. You know, sure. so so again, it's the best loan product out there on the market. I say it all the time, and it, it, it's something that when we're talking to a new client, it, you know, after kind of hello, how are you? It's like one of the first questions we asked: Have you served, or are you currently serving in the military? Because that is the one of the best loans that that are out there. And you know what? They've earned the right. I mean, to your point on your post of you know they've earned the right to get the benefits um, and the VA benefits, um, which which offer them you know zero down payment, no MI. There's so many different things out there that that can be there. But for somebody to simply just shy away from a VA loan because of some you know, myths that are out there. People think that they take longer or they're harder to get approved and everything else. It couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. I think that, um, that again, when you're a seller and you're making these bidding war decisions, you know, kind of know all the variables. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the last part of bidding war mistakes that sellers make is, um, the highest and best time being too short. Um, you know, so let's say for example, you get a bunch of offers on Friday and you say, Oh, we're requesting highest and best by tonight at midnight. That's silly. People need to think about things. They need yep. to step back. They need to, you know, take the weekend. They they need to decide, you know, what's comfortable. And also, the couple day period is going to bring more people in that might bid up the house even more. So so, but uh, so so creative with that timing, but also not too long. Well, I was just don't do say, like a six day highest right, and they're best gonna go period. They're going to go five. They're going to lose them. Yeah. In my opinion, like a couple days. Yeah. A couple days is like where you want to go, like over a weekend, Monday, that kind of stuff. That that can work, but too long. So so timing of that highest and best, and how long you ask for, um, and 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 realtors, look, stop blaming the other realtor for this stuff. Okay. Like we can only sell the home to one person. Yep. We can't sell to all twenty five of you. There's there's nothing scandal going on. Like it's just simply another buyer's offer made more sense for the seller. You know, sending a, sending nasty grams like we want to know what the offer was and da da da. And then like after the fact, like we've had somewhere, you know, we get nasty grams from agents because the home closes less than what they were willing to pay and you know less than their offer. Well, there's an appraisal, dude. Like and guess what? They had appraised low, and now we you know we had to go back, and the seller had to decide. You know, you just because the purchase price, the thing, maybe the seller got closing costs. Maybe the buyer ended up coughing up some money to still make the deal happen and, and go above and beyond out of pocket. So there's so many there's so many things that, today. And unfortunately, realtors have lost their mind in some situations. They they go over the top with they lost out on an offer, an accusation that's like just man, seriously, like just keep representing your clients and working hard and stop with the realtor on realtor hate. It isn't helping anything. Like we, we don't love having to tell twenty four people that they can get out. Right, it's it's yeah. hard. And I I talk to my team about, it and I think it's important to mention for realtors, important for Will Smith, and everything else. We talk yeah. about emotional intelligence, right? Yeah, and be able to keep your emotions yeah. in check in situations. No these are these are stressful times uh, when people are going through it and you're going yep. through that transaction. But you know that's why it's so important to work with a professional, uh, you know, real estate agent, professional yep. mortgage lender, so you don't let emotions get the best. Yeah, no of doubt it. about it. Okay, so moving on. A final walkthrough going horribly wrong. Man, this has happened before. And and here's the thing, okay? If you go to a final walkthrough and the property isn't in the condition it's supposed to be in, you have two options. 
close or don't close. Right. I mean, that, that's really it. Okay. Now you can try and ask for things and delay the closing, um, but you know, far too often I see people say like, well, "We're going to go ahead and accept it. We're going to close and we're going to sign all the closing documents, and then we're going to go back after the seller." It's like, no, because all the closing documents basically say you're accepting the home in its condition, and you know you agree to close and all this kind of stuff. So, so try your best to address it there, but also be reasonable. I had one not long ago. I'm not kidding you, man. The house was immaculate, but there was dog poop in the yard. And these people threw a fit oh my. that the the people didn't clean up the dog poop in the yard. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, really? Like, okay. Like, so you what? You want them to come out with the pooper scooper, you know, on a Saturday? Like, it's just, you know, you're, you ha- have some understanding. Uh, know that people are doing all that they can. They're moving. They're rushing around. Now, look, if you go into a house and there's major stuff wrong, okay, I get it. But- you know, but but the the nasty grams over like oh there's a couple marks on the wall. It's like the paint the paint is seven dollars. <laughs> Welcome to home ownership, right? right? Yeah. Like you're gonna get scuffs on your wall the first week you own it when you move your furniture. Yes. In, you know, and likely that scuff is gonna get covered by something. So like to me, like the final walkthrough should be an issue when there is something um, major. You know, there was a roof leak. There was a repair not done. There's a whole bunch of furniture left. Right. You know, like. That, that kind of stuff, okay, I get it. But way too much uh, right now where I'm seeing stuff flying around about final walkthroughs. It's yeah, like it's too li- you yeah. didn't buy a brand new model home. You bought a house built in 1984, and you knew they had pets. You know, There's nothing in the contract that requires them to pick up the dog poop. You know, <laughs> like it's just it, people are just over the top. And I get it because – it goes back to your emotional intelligence comment, right? Right. Because so many people are stressed out about the whole yes. process and the pressure and all this stuff. So when they get to the end, they expect some, you know, fairy tale right. angels. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, they expect some moment and they get there and there's poop in the yard. You yeah. know, like there is no fairy tale moment. You know, yeah. you're you're get, you're making a good financial decision. It's going to be great for your family, but but you don't walk in and hear bells chiming and you know get greeted by you know people playing musical instruments. It's not some fairy thing. Sure, and, and I'll and I'll just say this: if you're a seller out there and you do have dogs, though, I, we, we would recommend picking up your poop before you leave, right? Of course, so yeah. No, that but wasn't an invitation. Exactly. To leave it there. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I agree with that. It, but at the same time, like sometimes you got breaker. you've got somebody that lived in the house forty years and they had right. to move so much stuff out, and then they miss a couple little things or they forget or. Like just have a little bit of understanding exactly and compassion, right. you know. Yep. Just just be a little bit more understanding and compassionate. Like we had, a, we had, a, we literally had a client demanding that our client, our realtor, our agent, go out and pick up the poop. It's like no, I'm sorry, like hard pass, like yep. not happening, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, just just be understanding. Look for the big ticket stuff, but but know that people do their best, and and sometimes it's just not worth all the heat and hassle over the small dollar amounts that we're talking about. So, um, you're buying a man made product. There's going to be little things that go wrong during your course of ownership. There's stuff that's considered normal wear and tear that's not an actual defect. Um, you know, just just move on and know that if you try and blow up the deal. It's going to cost you a whole lot more in interest rates and cost and everything else. Yeah, I mean, you just can't expect perfection, right? Nope. I mean, there's it, it just doesn't work that way. We sure we all want it to go that way, but little things are going to go wrong, and and so I've never seen a perfect house. Like, yeah, I've never seen a perfect inspection exist. report. Yes, that's another thing. We're going to talk about that. Yes, all right, that's because a great one. there are a lot of millennials and younger people out there that grew up with social media, and their whole idea 
about social acceptance is people like liking and checking. They, they want something to be perfect. They want everybody to love it. They want to look at that inspection report and post it on Instagram and say, everybody, look at how clean my inspection <laughs> yeah, report yeah. is. It doesn't happen like that. So we're going to talk about that after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show, inspection reports. Perfect inspection reports. That, that's what home buyers want today. They want to get this report that says, Mr. Buyer, you're a genius. You've bought the most <laughs> amazing home ever. This home is perfect. You are such an incredible home buyer that you have found the crown jewel of homes that has absolutely nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's so amazing. You should be able to post this report on social media and everybody will like your report <laughs> and your TikTok will get thousands of views because everybody will look at your report and say, wow, this is the best home ever. It doesn't happen like that. Nope. So you're going to look at an inspection report and there's going to be a bunch of stuff wrong. Even if you got an unlimited budget, even if you're buying a $10 million house, guess what? There's going to be a bunch of stuff home. It's a man-made product. There's no such thing. I've never seen a clean inspection report. I've never seen a perfect inspection report. The, to me, home buyers need to be trained in today's market with as competitive as it is because sellers are going to be like, I'm not fixing anything. Right. I got nine people behind you. Yes. This report looks pretty tame. I'm going to send this report to those nine people, and I'm guaranteeing one of them is going to step in and say, no. Right. I'm not I don't need anything. I'll buy it right now at the price that, that they're gonna have remorse. Far too often buyers and agents don't read the contracts. They they are on the verge of getting their contract canceled by asking for repairs in a contract that doesn't allow for it. Right. Depending so on the contract they yeah, use. I know. They use that as this contract. They're not allowed. It's cancel or move forward, period. Right. Yes. And if you do anything else, the the seller can then say, bye bye. I'm gonna take your report. I'm gonna show it to this guy, and he's gonna look at these. You know, the GFI outlet is isn't working and you know, blah blah it's tripped or whatever, or um, you know, some something else, you know, that you see regularly that's stupid. There's a flashing that needs to be repaired or some minor no dollar item that can be repaired in, you know, ten minutes and the buyers are hassling about it. And they're going to get canceled. They're going to get kicked out. I see, I've seen it happen. Don't nitpick on small stuff. Yeah, we, Use the inspection report to me as a blueprint for major tick, big ticket. I'm talking like several percentage points of the home's value, okay, is what needs to be there. And if it's not that, know that that's the blueprint for the things that you need to take care of in your first few years of ownership. That's your maintenance. Yeah, we, we've had people come to us and show us, and they're, and they're flipping out. And they're like, well, we can't buy this anymore because look at all these <laughs> things that are wrong. And you start going through it, and you're like, it, minor, minor. It takes five minutes, 74 cents at Home Depot, right? Right. Like all these different things, and it's no big deal. So, you know. But, but home inspectors, look, they're in the business of making sure that they don't, that they do they don't job miss anything. But they also don't want to get sued. Right. Okay. So their language is very CYA. Yes. It makes a home buyer looks at it and they think the house is falling down. Right. When and in that, reality, it's something very, very minor. And I always encourage buyers to talk to your home inspector. Yes. Uh, have a conversation with them. Get an understanding of what these items are. Because far too often it's like, you know, the it's a... It's uh, you know, some sort of major issue, and it's like uh, the door needs weather stripping. Yeah. You know, like it's right. it's like ninety seven cents. You right. can get it at Walmart, like really. You yeah, know? it's one of the things. The last house I bought, I mean, I literally made sure I was there, and I, you know, as the home inspector was leaving after being there several hours, I literally walked him to his car, and I just looked at him, and I didn't know if he was going to answer or not, and I just said, "Hey, was there anything you saw that would make you not buy this house if you were buying yeah. it?" And he was like, "No, it's you know, it's yeah. fine. You'll see stuff on the report, but it's no big deal." Yeah, and and, and I think. 
that's the best way to frame it. Another one is like you see stuff like it's a fire hazard because the outlet cover is loose. Right. The screw is broken (laughs) and it's like it's a screw. Right, yeah. Like a a new outlet cover is a dollar on Amazon. Well, it was literally – that's what made me say 73 cents at Home Depot because I literally bought one earlier this week because I had one that was cracked and I needed to replace it. I have one cracked too. Yeah. And And no one's catching on fire from it. No one has died. I mean they're less than a dollar you can go replace them. So, so yeah, just just take the inspection with a grain of salt. Take a step back. Every single buyer, especially one that's not super experienced, when they see that inspection report, they say, right, i got to get out of this deal. Oh, my goodness. And unfortunately, a lot of the younger home buyers that have been, you know, kind of trained on social media and this whole social gratification thing, they expect this, Perfection. you know, they expect like a filtered, cropped, you know, uh, filtered, yeah, yeah, cropped right, inspection yeah, yeah. report, like life, you know, they're yeah. going to filter, you know, what they look like right, on their Instagram. Right, right, and they yeah, they yeah. want this, they want this inspection report that's <laughs> yeah. filtered and cropped and it's, it's not filtered and cropped. And now they're spooked. I can't filter and crop it. I can't make it look amazing. Yeah. You can, you can just over the course of the year, take care of the items that are on that list. And then, you know, then you'll be fine. For but sure. guess what? By the time you take care of the items on that list, guess what? There's going to be other, the other wrong stuff, things wrong right? with your home. Yeah. You know, you're, it's a, it's, you know, you're, you're a homeowner now. You got me. That's, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. You don't just move in, fix the things, and then you never have to do anything. It right. is an, it, it's, and you're you know, gonna it have, never ends. You're going right? to have maintenance, it's, and then and then guess and what? You're going to have other stuff, and then other stuff's going to go wrong, and yep. you're going to have to do that. So, so again, don't get spooked at the inspection report. Uh, listen to your agent. Talk to the inspector. Figure out what's really a big-ticket item and what's not. In today's market, be very cautious about asking for repairs. Know what's in your contract. Read it. Talk to your agent. Asking for repairs may may get your contract terminated and sure. have the seller selling the home to someone else because right. you didn't have the right to ask for that. So be very cautious. Every contract's different. This is not legal advice. Every contract's different. Know what yours says. Talk to your agent. Get the best you know advice you can and, and handle it from there. So we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we're back here every Sunday when we are on air. Follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, pretty much everywhere at the Duncan Duo and have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay. Thanks for tuning in.